All right, friends. You have been hearing about this episode for quite some time if you've been following along. You know, there are a lot of times that I think we go through life and life does not go how we expect it to. And the things that we prayed for don't look like what we prayed for. And I definitely have experienced this in my life and so many others have. So I have a special guest here with me and we are just going to dive into this entire topic because I think it can be so hard to have a plan or a thought and then think that that was what God's plan was too. And you find out that that's not the case, but there are so many good things that can come from this. So, all right, we're just going to jump right in. Hey friends, I'm Cassie and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. All right, well, if you were here a couple months ago and you were listening to episode 23, I introduced you to my dad, who is also um, a pastor um, at a church in Massachusetts, and he is back again today. So, hey, Dad. How are we doing? We're doing good. Um, I think what's so cool about this podcast is just that you and I have had so many of these discussions um, in so many different ways as I've grown up, and they have sometimes been super late night or in the hospital, whether it was something that I was excited for or with tears streaming down my face, we've gone through a lot of this. So I think it's really neat that we get to talk about it here today after really going through this for such a long time. Kind of like an ongoing 10 year discussion on and off. Yeah, it really has been. And it is absolutely true because it's been a literal decade. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but actually in like less than 15 days, it is like the official 10-year mark of when our journey with all of this started. So that it has, yeah, it has literally been a 10-year discussion. Um, But I think, you know, something that I was really struggling with and I held off talking about this topic um, was because when we decided to close OST last year, I remember coming to you And I'm pretty sure it was you that challenged me when I was like, I don't have an identity anymore. Like, I, I don't know what to do if I'm not going to be a coach. If I like, if like, what am I going to do? And I'm pretty sure you were the one that encouraged me to just be like, go talk to God, ask him what he has planned for you. Like really just seek him in this. And I really didn't know how to do that because ultimately I didn't want to hear what God wanted me to do. I wanted him to say, actually, I agree with your whole plan. We're going to go with that. And obviously that's not how it worked out. Well, and that's how it is for most of us. You know, instead of looking for what God wants, uh, and that's myself included, we look at what we want and then we try to figure out how we can get what we want. And then we pray that in a sense that God will give us what we desire yeah, and it's it's a really rough place to be. And we had we had thought about this for a while because as far as talking to all of you about it today was more so because I had really 
started looking at OST and I said, okay, when we, when we boil it all down, what were the reasons that I felt called to do this? Because that, that was where I was really frustrated because I was like, God, you called me to do this. And why are you now like just pulling that all apart? Like, this is what you told me I was called to do, which first of all, like, first of all, I'm a human, which means I'm not going to always interpret what God is trying to say to me correctly. But two, I was just very stuck of really feeling like I was doing what he had asked me to do. And what I think is so interesting is that there, he can ask us to do something for a certain amount of time and then have us removed from that thing. It doesn't mean that the calling was wrong. It just was only for a certain season. Well, and sometimes it's things that he needs us to learn. I remember when I get called to youth ministry and it was a eight month process at the church that I was first going to is, is my first full-time ministry position. And I found out that the church had voted in favor of it. And I went to my senior pastor at the time and I was like, so excited. We figured we were going to be there forever. And he was like, he's like, this is going to be a, a great step for you. And you're going to learn a lot of things, you know, for, as you, when you move on in the future. And I was like, well, no, 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 we're going to be here. And I think we're going to be here forever. And, you know, I think he kind of probably smiled at me and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and just kind of let me go. And, and two years later, uh, there were a lot of lessons that I needed to learn for the position that I'm in now. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's something that you and I have talked about a lot of just the fact that the calling hasn't changed. Just the way we've been called is a little bit mm -hmm. different. And, you know, when I had boiled everything down, um, I, you know, I was talking to you, I was talking to my mentor, I was really just trying to figure all of this out. And just how do I, how do I cope with this? Because, you know, we do still have to grieve. And I think that's important. It's, it's not meant to be lost on this when we have something that we thought our lives were supposed to be, and they're not, that is going to hurt. We are humans. We wanted whatever that outcome was that we had desired. But in looking at everything, I said, all right, well, what was I really called to do when I felt called to move into like training and coaching? And it was to kind of share my story of hope of what God had done in and through me and allowed me to do. And I wanted to help other people not make the same mistakes that I did. Um, and of course, I was thinking more in the sense of, you know, overtraining and not listening to your body and other things of that. But it still was wanting people to not make the same mistakes that I did and to help the people that did feel the way that I did know that they could get through that. And what's so interesting is that's exactly what I'm doing now. I'm doing it through this podcast. I'm doing it um, through Instagram. And that was never how I expected to do it. And even when you and I had this chat like a year ago about OST and all the things, I kind of made it clear to you, this still isn't what I wanted to do because it wasn't. Well, and you need to be ready to hear that too. Mm -hmm. So it's hard because you can see someone that's maybe moving in a direction that you're not sure they're called to be. But in the end, 
if they're not ready to hear it, sometimes you need to allow them to get to the place on their own. Mm -hmm. And that is so true. And, you know, we have been reading through uh, the Old Testament. And even though I don't think you and I are on the same plan, we're pretty in sync right now with about where we are. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. And, um, you know, we've been in especially the first few books of the Bible. And as you know, because I've talked about it so many times, that God is teaching me so much in the books that as a teenager, I thought should not have been a part of the Bible. And I firmly believe that is his way of kind of saying checkmate, like, look at all the things that I do have to show you. But what's so interesting is there are so many figures and you watch and will watch because I almost feel like when I'm reading, I'm seeing. But when you're reading, you are looking at things and you're just going, no, God, that wasn't what they thought like the plan was going to be. And this isn't what I don't think anyone was expecting. But then you see, of course, through the trial, through all of it, but we get to see the ending of the story of that person. And we see that, yeah, they had many maybe career changes or just job changes, but like, look at all that God did through them. Well, and you can think of someone like Abraham Mm -hmm. as someone who struggled with God's plan. And in so many ways, he is the picture of what it means to be faithful. Yet he got impatient and his wife gave him the, uh, her servant and in the midst of it he had another child Ishmael and that created all sorts of problems because he didn't wait on God and you know even with that God still uses all these things for good it doesn't mean that it was what it was supposed to be but God still was going to reign supreme in all of that and I love the quote um that I had heard from a speaker recently where she said, she said, I'm so glad that my stupidity doesn't trump God's sovereignty. And I think about that a lot. And as I've been reading through the old Testament um, and, you know, it's interesting because Jared and I are reading through uh, the new Testament right now. So I'm kind of getting a good look at both. And it's been very interesting to see that, um, you know, we get to see the end of the story. And there are a lot of stories that I'm reading that I know it's going to turn out good. I know the ending is good. I know that something great is going to come from this, even though I know in the moment that character or person in the Bible didn't. And I was thinking about Job recently and all the things that were taken away and realized, you know, I don't think that we truly understand the pain that he went through because we know what the end of the story is. We all know what's going to happen at the end. And it, I think can sometimes take away from the pain. Cause we're like, no, but there's going to be something good coming. Like there's something good coming. And in our lives right now, when we're dealing with those changes and those things that we didn't pray for uh, or that we didn't, think we're what God's plan were, but we don't know the end of the story yet. 
in our own lives. And that can be really hard. Well, in order to see God's faithfulness, we need to be in places where he can be faithful. Mm. So, you know, so often that means that we're going to deal with challenges. I mean, uh, you know, for us, I remember taking, you know, I had mentioned that first position in ministry and, you know, we had to take a pay cut in order to take that position. And then two years later, I'm looking at ministry and we'd used up a lot of our savings and we had to take another pay cut from, to, from going from a youth pastor to a senior pastor position. And I was actually doing some stuff on the side and I joked for a while that, you know, I couldn't afford to leave this position because I couldn't afford another pay cut, which was just kind of the, the joke of it. But the reality was that God was faithful through it all. Mm. So at different points in through this ministry, and I've been here for over 15 years now, I sit there looking at it going, yeah, things are tight. And, you know, for us right now, as, as with everyone else, finances are much tighter, but, but God has always been faithful to take care of us. And I know that he will be because I've seen him do it throughout time, throughout my life. So as I see that, it makes it easier to trust. So if I hadn't gone through some of those periods, I wouldn't be in the same place faith-wise as I am right now. And we were even talking about that fact of, you know, being in a place to see God's faithfulness. And we were talking about ministry and um, just the different things that we as a family have all gone through and thought through and just all the different things. And we were thinking back to Genesis about Joseph and how he started out with this vision of what was going to be. And I mean, how many years about was it before that vision? Like actually like, was it like 30 years or something like that? It was, it was, it was many it was years. A while. Cause you know, he was probably, you know, a teen when he went through everything to start off with. Mm-hmm. And then he gets, so is his vision. He gets sold into slavery which was not a part of the vision. The vision was that he was going to be standing over his family and they'd be bowing down to him. And here he is being sold off into slavery. He ends up in Egypt and in Egypt, he gets bought by someone. He gets put in charge and all of a sudden he's got all these amazing things going on. And, and I'm sure in that moment he was like, Oh, this was God's plan for me. Right. Like I wouldn't be shocked if in that moment he was, he kind of stopped and he was just like, all right, Lord, what I went through was really hard, but like, this is what you called me to do. You've called me to lead. Maybe this was what this vision meant and all of that. And I'm sure he, he enjoyed and praised God for that security he had. And of course we know that then everything changes again. Right. Because he, is being honest and he's doing the right thing and he gets falsely accused and he ends up in jail. And he ends up in jail for quite some time. It wasn't a short like stint of 30 days. Like this was, I think two or three years. Correct. Right. And then, well, because the, the cupbearer and the baker go and he interprets their dreams and 
in a sense, he's like, okay, I'll let Pharaoh know, you know, there's this amazing guy in prison because he had already developed a relationship and was in charge of everything in prison. But even mm-hmm. after that, uh, the dreams came true and the chief cupbearer forgot to mention anything. And then two full years passed after that, we find in Genesis 41, before all of a sudden the Pharaoh has dreams and the cupbearer is like, wait a minute, I know a guy. Which I really hope, side note, that that cupbearer was kind of like, oh my goodness, I really dropped the ball. Um, But, you know, when I think about that, when they're seeing those things is I, I wonder what Joseph felt like. I wonder when, you know, he was probably, you know, he had at least gotten to a place where he was pretty much, I think, as comfortable as he could be in a prison between having the roles that he did. But there are so many opportunities that could have made him bitter, especially this one. He has this sudden hope of being like, oh my gosh, I might get out of here. And then he's forgotten about and he had just another among many opportunities to become bitter, but I'm sure he felt bitter and he wrestled with that, but he didn't let bitterness like just reign supreme almost, I want to say. And he was still waiting for God to be faithful. Well, yeah, there was a level of trust because he knew there was a plan. He was very clear, but you throughout all of these steps Nothing, I'm sure, went according to what he, he thought his plan is. I'm sure that when, you know, he's having these visions and he's, you know, getting the amazing coat from his father that kind of sets him above his brothers, that he was like, wow, this is going to be an amazing life. And from there, you know, getting sold, building up your name there, and then getting thrown in prison. I mean, all of those things are, are things that no one would desire but in the midst of it, uh, one of the things we know is that you know, he never lost hope. He continued to do the things that he needed to do to become the man that God called him to be in the midst of all these trials and challenges. And in fact, I am sure that going through the challenges helped develop him into the man that God needed him to be mm-hmm. for when he went before Pharaoh. And it's so amazing, you know, and, and it's, it's hard because again, we know the end of the story. It's so good. And it's great that we know that, but at the same point, um, we, we don't have that same, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? How is he going to do this? Cause we know. And I think that that's the anxiety that we struggle with so often is just kind of being like, yes, Lord, I know from seeing so many other people that you're going to work this all out for our good, that nothing is going to be wasted. But I do think that we, we have that struggle of just going, this really isn't what I wanted. I love this song praise before the breakthrough Mm. that it's a fairly new song that has come out. And it's just really with this idea that, you know, God is God. And yeah, I'm going through this trouble, but I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. 
that's Brian and Katie Torwell. And it's just, I found a lot of like just hope in it because, you know, no matter what you're going through, the God is in control. And, and in the end, everything will end up as it needs to. Well, and it's, it is really true. And there is, there is a peace that he will give when you are like, all right, Lord, this is what you've called me to right now. This is what I'm going to do. And there is a peace that comes with that. I mean, for instance, when we closed OST and of course I had known for quite some time and I'm very certain that my dad can say he also knew this for quite some time. I think everybody did. Um, God made it very clear and I just was clenched onto that and I was not going to let it go. And, you know, what I think was so interesting about that, and I, I did say this, I can't remember if you and I talked about it um, or not, but the day that we signed all the papers we finished all the like the hard things and we had told everybody and it was it was done it was officially completely done i felt so peaceful i was grieving it oh my goodness did it hurt and there are still days that it gets to me more than others but there was an overwhelming peace in that decision that I can't begin to explain. But that was such confirmation from God being like, this is what I need you to do. And thank you for finally doing it and trusting that I've got something else in store because it was an unexplainable peace that I've never felt to this degree before of just going, yeah, that was the right choice to let that go. Well, and the further you go along, you know, and speaking as someone who spent many, many years kind of avoiding and fighting and, you know, doing other things, you know, I, I remember there's a person that uh, I'm good friends with, and we used to joke about the fact that you know, God didn't need to hit us with a two by four because that just wasn't thick enough to get through. You know, we always needed to be hit by the four by four. And, you know, after a while, you get to a place which you're like, okay, Lord, let me hear you and follow you and trust you uh, because the course corrections that you desire for me, uh, when I choose not to take them, they're much more painful than if I actually just go the way you want me to go in the first place. Yep. <laughs> and, and it, it hurts. And it's something where it's one of those, God will give you a bunch of warnings and he will let you know. But at some point, if you are going to continue, he is going to forcibly stop you. And for me, at least that was the case. I had determined that OST was what I was doing. That was that end of discussion because it was what I just kept saying, this is what God wants me to do. So I'm going to do it. And I deliberately chose not to check back in with God and say, Hey, do you still want me doing this? Because I didn't want the answer. Cause I knew the answer and I knew the answer was no. And I didn't want to do that. And it wasn't until I had had my first hip dislocation. And for anyone that has not had a hip dislocation, it is probably one of the most debilitating types of dislocation. It affects 
everything. I would take a shoulder or a knee or an ankle. I would take a lot of other dislocations over a hip because it takes so much more time to recover from and it just is incapacitating. And that was God's first kind of, Hey, so if you are not going to do what I want you to do, then maybe we're going to take a break. And I can't say that God deliberately was like, I'm going to strike her with a hip dislocation. So this happens. I'm not going to say that, but I do think that that was the first step in me realizing, okay, maybe I really need to actually start listening because I just said I had, I didn't have time to listen to him because I was doing what he called me to do. So he gave me time. (laughs) I just felt like I was like, nope, God, you're telling me to do all these things. So I don't really have time to spend quiet time with you in the morning, but it's okay. Cause like, I'm doing what you want me to do. So it evens out. Well, and whether he causes it, whether he causes it to happen or he allows it to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, in many ways it's, you know, it, it's important to people, but it, it's more important than it should be because, mm-hmm how it comes about isn't as much of an issue as what comes out of it. And sometimes he just, sometimes it's us making our decisions and our choices and looking and and spending time and things. And, you know, I think of all the time that I wasted that I remember my mother when I finally, I felt called into ministry, which was, you know, soon after you were born. Mm -hmm. And I had a good job, but God was like, just, I was, wasn't fully content there. And I was feeling more peace being at church. And I remember my mother saying to me at one point, oh, I figured all along that you would have been a pastor. Uh, And I was just shocked. And she said, well, when my sister passed away and I had shared things and I had comforted her in, in ways that just didn't make sense. And, the reality is I had kind of, in a sense, not knowingly and deliberately run from it, but I tried to choose my own path and I had my plans and my thoughts of what I wanted to be. And, you know, starting with, you know, I played hockey, so would have loved to have done hockey and I was into architecture and then I went to engineering and you know, graduated in civil engineering and I had all of these views and the reality is looking back, I am in the best place that I could be. And, and God knew that. And, you know, at times I sit there going, wow, what if I had chosen to seek your will for my life earlier? You know, what difference might it have made for others and, and what difference might it have made for, for me and for my family? Um, and that's why now it's, you know, with everything, you know, the desire is to say, okay, Lord, if you want me to do something, if you want me to go someplace, please make it clear and just, Mm -hmm. just help me to just do it when you call me to do it because, you know, I've wasted so much time and so we can look at it. Oh, that's what I thought I want. But, you know, know, I, I could have done a lot of those things and, and we were kind of talking about earlier and, you know, for me, I'm thankful that God didn't have me settle for what I wanted. Because if I had done what I wanted, it would have been settling because it would have been nothing near the joy that I get from doing what I do now. Yeah. And 
it's exactly what you're saying of just saying, Lord, make it clear to me and help me, help me to see when you want me to move, you know, because I think that's something where I've been really focused on over the past year. And, um, my mentor has really been working with me on the whole thought of open hands and how even when we're given something by God, we need to leave our hands open because it's still his. He just allows us to work with whatever that is, but it's ultimately still his and whether he takes it away or he lets you keep it, it's still just as good because it's his plan. And so we've been talking a lot about this and just having open hands. And, you know, I sit here and I think about that and I'm just like, all right, Lord, make it clear to me because I, I want to not only hear when you want me to move, but I want you to make it so clear to me that I just leave my hands open and I go where you want me to go because I don't want to miss it. That's been a huge line that I've been really focused on in my prayers lately has just been, Lord, don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss what you have in store because I'm so focused on what I think life should look like. And I'm human. I'm going to miss it sometimes, but I also know that when we ask God for discernment and clarity and we are spending time with him and we're listening, actively listening for him, he has a lot to say. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis uh, from uh, The Weight of Glory and Other Addresses. It says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. It's this whole idea that, that God has so much more for us. And so often we settle for less than we could have if we allowed him to take control of our lives. And if we went in the direction he wanted us to call, it may not be what we envision will make us happy. But in the end, he created us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knows what will bring us real joy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and his joy will come wherever we look for it and wherever we ask him to fill us with joy. Um, I know um, a few episodes ago, I'm pretty certain it was 31, um, or sorry, it was 32, and I had my mentor come on, and we talked about just the difference of joy and what that we should be filled with joy rather than joyful. And so if you want to look into all of that, you're welcome to go back to that episode. But the whole thing is just basically, you know, we don't need to be full in full in the sense of have the perfect job that we want with the perfect circumstance or the perfect car or the perfect health or the perfect whatever, because those things, we don't need to be filled with those things. We just need to be filled with his joy. And I can tell you that I have been living life at home pretty much uh, for about two and a half years now and adjusted to, I can't drive and I'm home and I really cannot work right now. Um, so I'm doing some part-time stuff, but honestly, like it's, it's not at all what I would have wanted. And I can tell you that the amount of growth and joy that I have here is 
something I could never have imagined. If you had told me a couple of years ago, yeah, so you're going to get to a point where you're going to need to be home and your body is going to take a lot of work and it's going to be exhausting and you're not going to have any answers, but you're going to, you're going to do okay. And you're going to actually love where you're at. I would have been like, there's no way I could love life like that. There is no way that I could love a life where all I do is take care of my body. And yeah, there are certain things that are hard and aren't the greatest. And I, of course, wish that my body would just be healthier and that it would go the way I want it to go. But the joy and the peace that I have here, that is greater than all of it because he he is here. He is with me and I've welcomed him into this. And this is exactly where I feel like he's called me to be. Well, for those who've been used by God, most of them that I know of are people who have gone through some significant challenges. And, you know, I think of uh, when I was growing up, uh, Joni Erickson Tato is one that was just, you know, when I was growing up, it was soon after she had uh, injured and she'd become a quadriplegic and she was in a wheelchair. And, you know, so when I first saw her, I think it was like the late seventies, early eighties. She was still, she was probably in her twenties. And I doubt at any point that she would have desired that, but, you, know, you hear from her now and she just talks about the amazing way that God has used that and how she's been able to really draw close to him. And, you know, for so many people, it's, you know, when we go through challenges and we go through trials, God allows us to go through them. Some of them are of our own making. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've made mistakes and, and we get ourselves in trouble. Others are not. And you think of the story of Joseph and, his weren't because of anything that he did. He was actually doing the right things. But in those, God used them to prepare him for what was necessary for the people around him. So sometimes God allows us to go through through things for the greater good, for to make a larger impact for people who so desperately need what he has to offer. Yeah. And... And I know this topic is very heavy and I do recognize if you're, if you're listening right now and you were like, nope, I want things the way that I want them and that's not good enough for me. I do feel you. I understand where you're at because trust me, there have been a lot of conversations as my dad and I were saying earlier, this has been a long, long, long years and years and years of discussion here that have led to this point. And, you know, it is okay to grieve what you've lost, but he does have something better in store. I can say that so clearly because I have seen it in my own life. My dad has seen it as his, we've seen it in other people. We see it in his word. And so if you're kind of saying, all right, how did you do this though? How did you get to this place? Because I think, Um, I think there's so much that happens between saying, all right, Gord, like, or sorry, (laughs) all right, Lord, this is not what I prayed for to then saying, God, even though this isn't what I prayed for, 
I'm so grateful that I'm in this place. So we kind of want to share with you some different ways that you can be actively working through this in your own heart uh, because it does take time and there's no perfect way to do it. Um, But I do think that there are some good steps you can take to start. Well, part of that, probably the first step is to process what's going on. Uh, I mean, you, you need to recognize the, the challenges that are there. We don't want to minimize them or say they're not there or put our head in the sand. That's absolutely not what's being recommended. I mean, challenges, the, the reality is that everyone in life, all human beings face challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we see that today right now. Uh, you've got it uh, through part of the COVID crisis that's going on. You've got some people who are considered essential personnel and they are working crazy hours and having to do all sorts of different things, putting themselves at risk. Uh, You've got other people who are at home and they've got challenges in and of themselves because it's hard to be stuck home all the time. Mm-hmm. and to the change in dynamics in, in a, someone's household. Uh, if someone's, you know, got kids, then you've got kids around all the time because they're out of school. If someone is living on their own, then uh, now they're finding that they're spending a lot of time by themselves. Uh, all of these things create challenges. And, you know, we need to process that. We want to understand that it is hard. It is a challenge. And, In that, the idea isn't to get to a place of hopelessness, but it's to come to an understanding that there is someone who wants to help us through this, Mm -hmm. that we are not alone. You know, whether we're we're by ourselves, God is always with us, or whether our family's all around, God is there with us, and his desire is to help us. And, you know, if there's a takeaway, you know, for what's going on in this, Uh, And it's, you know, one of the things that I've seen, so it's not distinctly mine, but, you know, we're beginning to understand more that, you know, we don't have as much control as human beings as we think we do. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is the reality is that there are things that are outside of our control and it's times like that, that we're able to go to God. And know that there's nothing that's outside of his control. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that he can't do. There's things that he allows to happen. So for us, we want to process that, that, okay, where am I at right now? And and look at those things realistically. And then from well, there. And, be- and even with that too, just to put in there, you know, it's great to process with mentors and the people around you and your family, But if you're in a place of process, there is absolutely no shame in talking to your pastor or going to a counselor. You know, those things are very helpful. I utilize both of those. I am very pro therapy. I believe that so many things in our world would be better if everybody had a therapist. Um, But in all seriousness, you know, there's no shame if you need that help. I all of this time have had someone like that, whether I'm also talking to my pastor who one of them you're hearing from right now. Um, but whether I'm talking to pastors or I'm talking to a counselor or my family and close friends, you know, this is something that 
you are allowed to say, I can't process this on my own and I need some outside help with that. Um, the only hope that we want to put in, the only hope we want to put in with that is that, um, if you're looking at things and you're trying to process, processing with someone who can see the picture, the larger picture is helpful. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to someone and they don't believe in God, uh, the, the, what you're going to take from it is going to be, is apt to be dramatically different. Yeah. You really want to make sure you're using discernment of who you're speaking to and all of that. Um, and you know, we're so grateful that even in this pandemic right now, we have the technology we do. Like my dad and I are meeting right now over Zoom. Typically we would record podcasts together in my living room, but you know, this is, this is an opportunity. And I know that, you know, we are, we are so accessible to these different things, especially in this time. And so, yeah, use discernment and, you know, Again, ask God where he wants you to be and he'll, he'll help you find the right people. And as we prepare for that, uh, being in the word of God is important. And I know that, you know, for a lot of people, uh, uh, those who, uh, who are followers of Jesus, one of the things that they said is, oh, I wish I had more time to spend in the word of God. I wish I had more time to pray. And the reality is that for many in America right now, we now have that time. Mm-hmm. The question is, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to actually use it? Or, I mean, it's it's good to get away and to do a walk or to maybe binge some shows or whatever the case is. But we also have the opportunity to spend time with the creator of the universe in a way that we haven't maybe in the past. And to, to spend some time alone and just be with God and to, to be in his word and if you're not sure what that means, then, you know, uh, if you're listening to this, you can connect through Cassie to me or, or to some other, you know, Bible believing pastor and say, you know, what, what does this look like? What does it mean to go away? And you know, we can give you some advice depending on what you're looking at, what struggles you're dealing with, uh, begin to point you to places of scripture that deal with, some of the specifics of where you're at mm-hmm. uh, to prepare you. And then, you know, we were mentioning one of the things that we need to be doing is uh, to be praying. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I was mentioning to Cassie earlier that. Which is was fascinating many, because I never put this uh, two and two together. So, and I'm a PK yeah. guy. So if this is going to like blow your brain too, it's okay. It blew mine as well, but continue. So, you know, we, people pray the Lord's prayer every day, you know, millions, if not, you know, hundreds of millions of people pray the Lord's prayer every day. It's our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how often do we pray that without thinking of it? Because it's like, the reality is it's like, you know, we're like my kingdom come, my will be done. Lord, I, yeah, I know that I should want for your will to be done. And I should want things to be done the way that they would, they are in heaven. But the reality is that I have my view of how my life should go. And mm-hmm. I desire for certain things. And this is the place where I want to be. And these are the people I want to be with. And 
so we we pray the prayer but we're not really praying it mm-hmm. we're, we're not thinking through what we're asking and if we're really going to say the prayer then we should think about that as like okay lord what would it mean mm-hmm. for your kingdom to come in my life what would it mean for your will to be done in my life beyond mm-hmm. what i'm looking at outside lord i, I want to I want to see what you want to do in and through me. I want to see what your kingdom looks like through your eyes in my life. Because I know that you have so much more that you desire for me. And so often I fall short because I can't look past my thoughts, my dreams, and my desires. Well, so, and- and know too that this, you know, it may sound like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go talk to God about that. It will be very uncomfortable because when we ask God to reveal his will, a lot of the times it does not equate to what we were hoping and praying that his will for us was. Um, but, you know, when we are praying and we're in his word, I challenge you to make sure that you're leaving him room to speak. Because I think there are so many times that we start just praying and all of that is good and reading his word and, you know, but we want to hear from him too. And if we're just talking the whole time, we're not really leaving a lot of space for him to speak and for us to hear what he has to say to us. So I would just definitely say, as you're praying, as you're thinking, as you're meditating on his word, you know, I, I deliberately, before I open my Bible, I just say, all right, Lord, teach me how to read your word. Let me hear from you today. What do you have to say to me? Because I know that you do. And there are times when I'm reading through my Bible and maybe my heart isn't in the right place. I will just stop because I'm like, I know I'm not truly listening. I'm reading, but I'm not listening. And I'll just be like, Lord, help me refocus, help me recenter. And I know that even though I think these three chapters maybe didn't have anything in store because I didn't highlight or take one note. Well, I'm probably going to go back because I'm sure you do have something to say to me and I just missed it because I wasn't listening. And, you know, because he will, he will talk to us. He will speak to us. He will comfort our hearts, but we have to give him the opportunity to, and we also have to look for it because we will miss it a lot. Our world is distracting. Just is. Well, and for those who are followers of Jesus, one of the things that I found to be helpful is to be able to spend a block of time with God that's long enough that you can worship him, you know, sing songs of worship as, as much as you can. And then you can read through the word until you've kind of read yourself out. And then you pray for things until the point at which you've prayed for everyone you can think of. And finally mm-hmm. allow God to say, are you done? Okay. Can I talk to you now? And that isn't something that we do in a half hour in the morning or an hour in the morning. Typically that's having a specific block of time just dedicated to him so that we can get to a place at which we can be ready to listen Mm -hmm. and not just tell God what we think he should be doing. And, you know, as we kind of finish up here, I think, you know, as we briefly mentioned earlier, we are at a time for many Americans and it's, I know it's not the same for everybody and all of our essential workers and all that you're doing, but there are a lot of us that have a lot of time on our hands right now. And we're in a very uncertain time. 
We're in a time that is challenging us to just come to the fact that we are not as self-reliant as we would like to think we are. And we have to wait on him to move and to see that. And, you know, if, if you're looking and you're saying, Lord, don't let me miss this. Don't miss through this quarantine. Do not miss that opportunity. He longs to be close to us. And for the first time in history, we have a greater opportunity than most to be able to truly say, all right, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to finally, you know, I've been saying for years, Lord, please give me more time with my family. Please give me more time to study your word and hear what you have to say. Um, Please give me more opportunities to worship and serve you well. This is the time and it's such a unique time, but I, I hope that as you hear this and as you think on this later that, you know, you just ask God to let you know what you're potentially missing out on because he has so much to show us. I have, I truly love the life that I cultivate here at home and it's not what I thought it would be. Do I still wish I could drive? Yes. Do I still wish I could have a like job that I wanted? Yes. But I am content in where he's placed me and it has taken years but it is possible because this is where he wants me and there's nothing better than that. So as you are looking at all of these things and processing, we will be praying alongside you that God would reveal himself to you And that you would find joy and hope and peace and strength in whatever battle and struggle you are walking through right now. And if your life is not looking like what you prayed for, know that as sometimes awful for us as humans as that can feel, you are in the perfect place for God to show his glory. So friends, as we end today, and as I said, we are praying alongside you. We want to just take a minute to pray with you right now. Um, So, Dad, I'm going to let you close us. Lord, this life can be really challenging. And so often things don't go the way that we thought or expect. Lord, it's during times like that that we need to look to you. Times when things don't make sense. Times when there's confusion and frustration and times of trouble and struggling. Lord, as we look at your word, one of the things that we know is that you are true and you are faithful and that you love us. And Lord, you desire what's best for us. Lord, even when that doesn't make sense. Lord, sometimes you use challenges in our lives to help make a difference for other people. So, Lord, I know there's many people who are out there that are looking at their lives and saying, Lord, this is not what I wanted. This is not what we agreed upon. Yet, Lord, what we want to do is we want to look to you. Lord, we want to focus on you. Lord, we desire to hear from you. So, Lord, as we process what's going on, whether it's just through this COVID situation or through Uh, chronic illnesses and challenges that go on in this life can be emotional as well or financial. Lord, we want to trust in you. 
Lord, we want to look to you. Lord, we ask you to help us to use this time to dig into your word. Lord, we ask you to put people into our lives that would help us to process what's going on. And ultimately, Lord, we ask you to help us to see your plan and to follow along with it, knowing that our greatest joy can come when we're step in step with you. So may you be glorified through us. May you help us to see that as we go through this journey, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. Between blogs, Instagram, Instagram videos, and even these podcast episodes right here, I have lots of free resources and tools for you to be able to continue cultivating while in quarantine. Whether it's living intentionally with your daily habits, starting a garden, setting goals, or simply just resting well, you can cultivate during this quarantine. So if you head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com slash cultivating in quarantine, or simply head straight to the main page on living the chronic illness life so that you can access all of these free resources. Remember, you can always bloom and grow no matter where you've been planted. I'll see you next week. This episode was brought to you by the Speaking to the Heart podcast network. If you would like the show notes for this episode or want to check out the other wonderful shows the network has to offer, feel free to head to speakingtotheheart.org. At Heritage Bank, we're working to strengthen communities by helping businesses stay in business. See how we can help yours. Visit heritagebanknw.com slash us or click the ad to learn more. Member FDIC. Where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair 